and welcome to episode 72 of the 21 Handshake Marketing Podcast. If you are new to listening, welcome. Our podcast covers social media news and digital marketing trends for anyone who is involved in business. So whether you are in the B2B or B2C, whether you're on the marketing or the sales team, we go over tips, trends, and we leave you with some actionable items to apply or think about. First off, if you are new to listening, I'm Sarah, an account manager here at 21 Handshake. I'm Ashley, also an account manager. I am Alex, a creative manager. I'm in charge of photo and video content. All right. I like the description this week. We're going with a non-title here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If you listened last week, we're trying to vote on Alex's new title. So weigh in on that at 21 Handshake on social media. (laughs) So... Again, if you have followed our last few episodes, you know not only are we deciding Alex's new title, we're also talking about our new digital marketing process. We're breaking it down into nine action fields. Filled, not field. Filled steps. And if you haven't listened to those past episodes, here's the short breakdown catch up, but please go back and listen to those. Episode 68, we made the debut of our digital marketing solution we gave a very broad overview of each of the nine steps that will lead your business to market authority. So again, we did a high level overview, step one through nine, really great episode if you're just wondering what the heck we're even talking about. Again, that's episode 68. Episode 69, we started to deep dive into what each step was. The first one being market research. Episode 70, we talked about brand story, which is our second step, why you need a brand story, how to, uh, I cannot talk today, (laughs) how to discover your brand story and what actually happens when you go to video your brand story. Last week on episode 71, we talked about the final foundation step. So that was step three. So we still have six more steps to go after that, but laying the foundation includes that market research, that brand story, and your website and why your business needs an updated or refreshed website. So we've covered the foundation steps and we are ready to get into what we call the frame steps. This is steps four, five, and six. And the first one is the social hub and why your social media accounts need to be consistent. But First, just some fun social news to catch you up on what's been happening. And again, I've been saying this the last few episodes, it's been kind of quiet out there. You know, there's so many new things that were released, I feel like, in like quarter one and quarter two of last year in social media that it's just kind of now quietly rolling along in quarter three, quarter four. But Alex, iOS has some fun new emojis for us to to play around with. And I know it seems trivial, but hey, we live in a world where often an emoji is what we're texting, what we're messaging. Sometimes I feel like when I can't use emojis, I'm not accurately even describing what I mean. Like, I 100% <laughs> agree with you. I feel like not putting in an emoji or adding an emoji to something can completely change the the voice of a sentence even if you don't change the sentence itself oh so true yeah so anyway apple just released ios update 13.2 and along with that comes 398 new emojis what? including Whoa. the first ever gender neutral emojis um so just some examples <laughs> waffles uh there's a skunk razor blades 
Um, there are people with disabilities and gender neutral options. Hmm. Um, there are some more, there are more skin color options as well. Um, and just generally there's, there's a lot more like people emojis, um, not so much like, you know, your buildings or like sports, Mm -hmm. um, but, but people specific emojis. There are a lot. That's cool. So I guess if you really are into using those different people emojis and you felt slighted that there was not one for you, there is one now probably. Yeah. Um, I am interested to kind of like to sort through these a little bit because I feel like I have my five emojis that I use all the time and then <laughs> like, I don't know, I just like associate with the way that I talk. Like they've just become a part okay. of my texting or like my Slack what messaging. I use Well, you guys know in, in Slack, I just use the smiley face like all the time. Okay, just yeah. the regular yes, smiley face, yeah. not like the overly grinning, just, yeah. just a smile. Right. I use the one um, with the teared, like the, like the sweat. one sweat drop on his forehead oh, all I the use time. That Smiling, too. like... <laughs> yes, yeah, smiling, but the one sweat drop on the forehead. Um, I used to use the thumbs up a lot. I don't think I use that one as much anymore. Um, and I have started using like the big, really like the big grin yeah. uh, emoji more often. Like, like the big grin. That's not the one with like, like the green. Oh, okay. Terrible with podcasting cheesing. because cheesing. Yeah, like oh, okay. the, the cheesing smile, not the gritted teeth one. No, no, no. The one okay. where it, like like the eyes are closed because he's like smiling. Oh, he, with she the, like, smiling with the rosy stars, cheeks. Like the, yeah, like yeah, okay. Oh, and then actually that one, like the big eyes and the rosy cheeks, like like the oh yikes, yeah, one, yeah, I yikes. See, yeah, <laughs> I like that one too. Well, that is super fun, and if you use emojis to communicate like we do, then and you have an iOS, um, check these out, and I'm sure they'll also just be rolled out across the board as well to Android and everything else as soon. So. Super fun. We love emojis and really they do just add so much to to things. So next we have two huge growth stories. Again, just kind of bringing this full circle to today's topic about keeping your social media accounts consistent in regards to look at these platforms, look how much they're growing. If your messaging is not right on there and you're on these two, especially Um, social media platforms. This is why you need to be consistent. So Ashley, our first one is LinkedIn has said that they've kind of grew. And I always feel like LinkedIn is like kind of below the radar on these things. You know, they're specifically for business. And then all of a sudden they're like, but we've grown like huge amounts. And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Well, this is actually um, great news. I know on the podcast, or maybe it was a blog post, but I'm pretty sure we talked about it on the podcast about a year or two ago. Um, we were talking about all the social media platforms and and their growth over the past few years. And LinkedIn had been really stagnant for a long time. Mm. Um, so they have just announced, you know, like a big milestone. They've got, uh, what is it? 660 million users now, which um, I think is... 8 million new users since February. Um, and they're attributing that just um, from being bought out by Microsoft a couple years okay, ago. Yep. And I know we've, Sarah and I have seen um, that they have put a lot more effort into that platform. Yeah, um, really Making have. it more user-friendly um, and really catering to the pe- the people on there and mm-hmm. their needs. Yeah, and, I think and that's not helped a lot as well. like, you know, they've released like videos, a bigger deal now and there. Hashtags are a bigger deal. Searching with hashtags. And I've never felt though, like on some other platforms, I won't name them, that they are trying to copy 
other platforms. That is But they're true. just kind of like moving in the direction like we know this is what our users are used to mm-hmm. and we want to deliver upon that. Yeah. I feel like LinkedIn has gotten a little bit more social in the sense that I personally feel like I see a lot more organic stories going viral on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm just scrolling my feed, you'll see some story pop up because one of your people that you're connected with liked something. Um, and it's just a story, like some some random person's story about a business experience or like a good experience they had or a yeah. bad experience or a, you know, I was, you know, struggling to find a job for X amount of time and then this happened and blah, blah, blah. But it's, but it's an organic story posed by someone. It's not by a brand. It's not by a company. And I feel like they're adding a little bit of that like virality to it taking that maybe a little bit like from Twitter mm. um, where just, you know, funny things or like nice things that happen just get really popular. People retweet them, like them. I feel like they've added like a little, little sprinkle of that into LinkedIn. <laughs> Making yeah. it feel a little bit more casual, less like business and yeah, yeah. Not so stuffy. I yeah. felt like it's not as, as stuffy anymore. That's actually um, great. Yeah. yeah. Great way to put it. And they, did they come out with like some guiding principles that I see or like a handbook or something? Or? Yes. So there's four guiding principles. Um, and, and really it's just all built around be, making their members first. Like I had mentioned. Okay. Um, the first one being uh, clear, consistent, um, and control over their data. Okay. So that's obviously a hot topic, and we've talked plenty about that on this podcast. Um, keeping LinkedIn safe, trusted, and professional. Um, and Which then, is huge for a more business-focused. I mean, that's a, definitely a yep, huge focus. And I would say that that's like a differentiator between them and other platforms. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, the third is no unfair bias. So being open to okay yeah so obviously this is kind of following accepting. the same things that other platforms have kind of been speaking about yeah and then and then the last one is respect the laws that apply to us which um is interesting hmm. <laughs> okay well i wouldn't automatically think that by going you know linkedin is an unrespectful place okay. but um, i'm sure there's people out there that just maybe i haven't encountered so just another growth story here today that caught my eye too and I know um, this social media platform isn't so big in our client's wheelhouse here, but you never know. Maybe it should be because especially if you listening market to women, if you market to homeowners, if you market to anybody, I would say that are consumers and you also have some type of product that is visually appealing, it may be time to jump on Pinterest because Pinterest has They've just released this. They are up to 322 million monthly active users. Their revenue is up 47% year over year. Whoa. This is huge. They are, and I've heard, you know, like, and I've also heard, like, so if you are in one of those that market more to consumers, I've heard rumor that, like, Pinterest is really hurting for content right now. That if you are in there and you are taking advantage of giving them new content consistently, they'll reward tons you. Of other apps that you can do that where it will look like you're, you know, you can set up schedules and it'll look like you're posting natively all the time and organically. Um, that's a whole different thing. But, you know, they just are hurting for content right now. And now I know why, because they are up so many users, like so many people are adopting the platform. And it said that a lot of this growth is actually coming from international users. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So, very interesting as well. So, it said... My guess was men. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I don't even know if it's men. Um, you know, the pl- pa- the platform does cater a little bit more to women. So, yes. Um, But also, just 
if that is in your wheelhouse, it may be something that you need to look at as well as their ad potential as well. Um, If you are feeling maybe you're tapped out on Instagram trying to sell your products or Facebook, Pinterest may may be the place to go. They have really improved their ad platform. And while I'm not super familiar with it, um, a lot of their shop shoppable ads seem to get a lot of traction. So anyway, so this kind of brings this conversation to full circle, just kind of mentioning that LinkedIn is growing kind of under the radar. Pinterest, Wowza, if you are marketing to women products, those type of things, they're also growing very actively. So which brings this very crucial point of having your social media very consistent. So we're going to talk about like why your social media needs to be consistent. Um, You know, like if you're on all these platforms, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, you know, why why do you need to be consistent on those? Um, Because anyone can go and create a social media account. You can go create one on each platform. Um, But it's a little different than for a business than a personal one. And you really, you know, do need to have a few principles to kind of guide you to make sure that you are keeping those um, on brand. So Ashley, what are actually some struggles we hear from clients when it comes to keeping their social media accounts consistent? Um, yeah, so one of them would be that I don't have the time to put into social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's not time, it's resources. We, there's a, someone to take on that as part yeah. of their job description. Um, that's a classic one. We yeah. Hear, yeah. That, that's probably like the number one thing that we experience. Yeah. Yeah. The time issue is huge. And in business, time is money. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they're like, ah, oh, well, we started it, but then we got busy mm-hmm. and someone had to go actually and do sales. Unless our our intern left. That's a big one. <laughs> our intern a- was in charge and she left to go back to school. Right. It's the class. I think it for, in a lot of businesses, it's something that gets added on as a responsibility to somebody. And then when it's they on are the busy, it's, yeah, exactly. Um, and another really big one is that they just don't understand how social media can benefit the growth of their business. Like, I know that everyone is on it, but what do I do on it that's going to actually bring me more revenue? Oh, yeah, totally. That's that's a huge one. All mm. of these are so, so valid. Um, I don't have time. You know, I don't understand the value. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't get it. And so therefore we don't put it as a priority. And I think a huge thing um, that first comes up is that people don't even realize like how to visually represent themselves on social media. Oh, yeah. And this leads to just inconsistent logo sizes and messaging. And Alex, why is that so important? You being the visual guy here at 21 Handshake, like, oh, man, I know we've all encountered this. Well, social media is obviously a super visual platform, no matter which one you're on, even even some of the more like word based ones. There's almost always a visual that accompanies it in some way. Um, and it's important that your visuals are are consistent for the purpose of like being able to recognize them. Um, I bet you if you go to your favorite Instagrammer's brand um, page or a Facebook page of some sort, ones that you know really well, they have consistency, whether it's to the colors of them or to the type of content that they're sharing or like to the way that the grid looks. Um, 
it's important to have that recognizability or like YouTube thumbnails. Sometimes like when you see a certain one pop up, you know, it's by that creator before you've even watched it just because they have a certain mm -hmm. style. Um, and, and being recognizable is extremely important. And, and also just the classic situation of, you know, things that are consistent are just viewed as more dependable and trustworthy. I was going to say, I yeah. think there's this subconscious and we talked about this last time too, this subconscious power of, um, a brand being super consistent online, it comes off as you're very professional, you're very up to date. Um, you care a lot about like your business, like is very 2019, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, you, like yeah. you got to figure it out. Yes, yes. Yeah, I still can recall one time, um, here's a story just about some, it bewildered me about this visual inconsistency. Um, a client was like, well, our logo is really boring colors. So we want you to use some other colors when you like are making images and stuff. And I was kind of like, it really like, <laughs> because even though it's boring, it's you've been around a while, this company had been around a while. And I was kind of like, people kind of know you by your colors because of your history in the area. Again, it just comes back to why you need to be visually consistent because oftentimes, yes, we've talked about branding is so much more than your logo, but sometimes that's the first thing people are seeing. And I think that's also why, so if you think about it, when when Instagram redoes the way that their feed looks or when, when, mm -hmm. when YouTube changes their layouts or when Facebook changes their newsfeed yeah. layouts, those always feel so dramatic because it's something that you're so used to and so familiar with. It feels like such a big shakeup and you get used to it eventually. Yeah. But I think that's that's just like a good real world uh, example of how like visual consistency is important and and how like subconscious it is. Yeah. You don't notice it until like it, it changes drastically, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. I always tell people that you may like people may not understand like all the ins and outs of design and all that stuff, but they know when they see something that they like or something that's relatable, they maybe can't put a finger on it, but they know. So say for example, yes, Coca-Cola, you see red and white with maybe some swirly letters, you are automatically going to think, well, that's Coke, you know, like yes. that's Coca-Cola. Um, so again, just like why you need to keep that consistency. And we're going to unpack a little bit more here also on you know, not only kind of that branding visually, but also like what you're posting and that communication tone you're you're getting across. So are you more lighthearted? Are you more professional? Do you use bright colors? Are you muted tones? Um, you know, I would say with the example of Coca-Cola, I bet if you were to go check out their social media, it is very going to kind of visually bring in that red and white a lot. Just so you can remember, this is Coke we're talking about, this Coca-Cola we're talking about. And so I think you just really need to keep that in mind when you think consistently that um, social media is very visual. And that's why you need to work off of that consistency visually as well. So let's unpack some what's and how's and how a brand can remain consistent. And we have five steps to share with you. And just to prove that, again, these are actually even timeless. I found a great article from 2011. Yes. So that's like in the dark ages of social media <laughs> and reading through it. At first I was like, oh my gosh, it's from 2011. And then I was like, these are just as relevant in 2011 as they are in 2019, 2020. Because guys, these are just principles that are timeless. They're key to success. So Ashley, start us off with number one of 
some what's and how's to be socially consistent. Yeah, so the opposite, I guess, of uh, visually consistent would be your brand voice. So um, the message you're conveying, how you say it, and the tone that you say it, and what um, is representative of your business, and then your business's principles and mission. Um, So one that's really popular that I think we all like to talk about is Wendy's Um, online. They're Mm. very um, charismatic, maybe a little snarky. Um, A lot of their content is very um, humorous. That is their brand voice. Um, And they carry that out consistently through every platform um, online. Well, yeah, because if you were to encounter that voice on, say, Facebook, but then go to Instagram and it's totally different there would be some type of disconnect there. Like, wait a Correct. second, are, is this the same company I'm talking to? Yeah, um, and it does, your business doesn't have to be that bold um, when it comes to your brand voice, but definitely defining what that is. Um, so the article that um, we're referencing, these five steps, talks about, again, ident- identifying your mission, principles, standards that drive your brand. Um, and from that, I think you can kind of develop a, personality uh, characteristics. Um, I know for us and our brand standards, we have do's and don'ts. Um, same with a few of our clients. What what do we want to represent ourselves as online? What um, do we not want, we want to avoid? That way there's essentially like a guide and we'll talk more about this, but for everyone who is handling social media um, to, to keep that consistency. Yeah, it's, it's so important, um, that brand voice and you know, I think, you know, people forget about that. You know, they just kind of let's throw stuff out there and see what works. And it's like, well, wait a second. There needs to be some strategy behind that. Yeah. So the next one on our list is to invite commentary instead of chest thumping. <laughs> so what we mean by that is you all know it. You know, the brands that are out there just kind of screaming their message out there and buy this, see me and eventually it becomes a little bit of a turnoff. Um, so you, you know, you want to invite commentary on your things. Um, you know, I think this goes even as far as if, you know, something is negative, you had a negative review, it's addressing it. Um, you know, it's not burying it and hiding it and pretending all things are rosy. It's the internet, it's the age of digital someone's going to find it and wonder why you didn't address it. (laughs) So again, you're just inviting people to in, you're basically inviting, I think people into your story, into your brand, rather than just saying like, here's why we're the best. Here's this, here's that. No one likes that. No one's ever liked that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's probably not going to change. You know, that's not going to change. People like to be talked to, not talked at. So that's why you need to invite them into your story. (laughs) I think that's a really good way to put it. (laughs) <laughs> talk to not talk to exactly <laughs> so all right alex number three um this is so true i think we get locked into the hey we got our post done they're all scheduled for the week blah 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 blah, blah. now we can just go back and do our other things and we forget well sometimes the story may come up that's relevant to maybe something in our industry and we should probably be there talking about it. So can you explain a little bit about being relevant? Yeah, I think there are a couple different ways of, of being relevant from the example, Sarah, that you just use is you have your things you know scheduled out maybe a week or two in advance, but maybe something big happens in your industry, something that shakes things up or something that people want you know to hear companies input on. Um, 
you know, feel free to, to, to speak about it and then work that into, into your posting schedule, you know, put that across your different platforms, let people understand like where you guys are at on this, on this specific topic. Do you support it? Are you against it? Um, that might be more of like a political thing, but like, you guys know what I'm saying? Like if, if, if some sort of new like rule comes into effect or, you know, something even in your community, yeah. like you're excited about something that happened, um, in your town, you know, talk about that. That's great. Um, from another side of being relevant, a really good example is still Wendy's Ashley, like you were talking about, they are th- probably the best on, on Twitter at using, you know, the jokes that are, are like popular at the moment. Um, they're really good at using those memes and people love that. People just eat that up. Um, when you, when you're like completely on the same page as all of your young Twitter users and you're a company that's been around for <laughs> 80 years, like that, mm. you, you stand out. Yeah. Um, and when you're using those jokes and memes, like people, like as people just eat that up. Um, so being relevant is just a good way to, you know, it be like relatable and just like, un, and, and people will know that you're with, you're with it. Yeah. No, totally, totally true. They want to pretend that you, you know, again, are just there in this journey with them. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, definitely. So this one, next one might seem this is all about consistency and we're going to kind of take a little different approach here. So the fourth one is don't aim for consistency, but aim for cohesion. Now, before you say, wait a second, you're preaching consistency. Let me let me explain that a little bit more. So um, I loved this article. I had a few quotes in it and I'm just going to quote them um, because it was really good. So even as far back in Ralph Waldo, Waldo, Waldo Emerson's time, he said a foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. So to kind of put that in today's um, messaging, consistency might result in matching lug- luggage, but it doesn't allow you to adapt to the medium. So what they mean by that is um, that you need to tell a story that hangs together in an appropriate way, depending on where you are and who you're talking to. So again, this comes back to kind of that brand consistency. Um, you know, so you may need to adapt your messaging a little bit to fit the platform, but it should still be a cohesive message. So, you know, it might be that on Twitter, you need to adjust it to be a little bit shorter, a little bit more punchier, but it's still the same message that you're posting on Facebook, which you can expand on a little bit more and you can have a little bit more long form. Should be the same message then that you're seeing on Instagram. But on Instagram, you're just diving more into maybe using some hashtags and some emojis and kind of fun. And to use an example of that would be um, Oscar Meyer's message is good mood and good food. So they infuse that messaging across all the social platforms. And that's what their focus is on. And maybe every message isn't about, hey, Oscar Meyer makes the best hot dogs, you know, but it's still something about eliciting a good mood and a good food across any social platform that they're on. So it's kind of aiming for that cohesive message. Um, It's not just looking for consistency on just one platform. It's seeing, okay, how does that cohesively transfer over to Twitter? How does that cohesively transfer over to Instagram? How does that cohesively transfer over to YouTube? And guys, that's all about strategy. You have to think that things through and, um, 
people kind of expect that. They expect, again, as you brought up the Wendy's, they expect that kind of same cohesiveness across each platform they're interacting on. I love good mood, good food. I love that. That gives you so much ammo to work with as a social Oh my gosh, person. right? Yeah, <laughs> like you could just... I mean, just well people hanging out in the back road, back, back road. I cannot talk today. Like in the backyard, that's good mood, good food. You know, mm-hmm. people around the grill, you know, conveniently placed your hot dog there, you know, whatever. <laughs> On Pinterest, you can put all of your Oscar Mayer based recipes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so many things to be cohesive there across social media. So what is our last one, Ashley? Know your audience. Yes, know your audience. This helps you, I think, grab your audience's attention, right? We talked about um, ideal buyers in the past, um, that ideal customer to help grow your bottom line and identifying that person, their wants, their needs, their challenges. Um, Knowing all of that data helps you speak directly to them on social media. So um, again, with being consistent, you want to keep speaking to that audience um, and you should see that audience come to you. Right, yeah. you're speaking the same language as somebody, people are much more likely to listen to you. Exactly. Well, right, yeah. So say, let's go back to that Oscar Mayer example yeah. and good mood, good food. So knowing your audience, you might know, okay, um, my audience is people who grill, people who have maybe kids because we mm-hmm. offer hot dogs and those mm-hmm. are kid friendly. So your messaging may be people, again, out in the backyard, they're grilling with some children playing Mm -hmm. in the background. And there you go. You brought that message to your audience because you've sat down and you figured out who they are and what's going to interest them in seeing on social media. Yes, exactly. Perfect. So those are kind of your kind of whys. And now let's go through how you can put brand consistency into practice on social. So we're going to quickly go through eight tips here to give you to walk away with today on how you can actually do this. And we're going to post the link actually to this article in the show notes as well. So if you want to dive a little bit deeper, you can go reference that. So what is up first, Alex? Number one is use the same version of your logo in all of your profile pictures. Oh, man. Yes. (laughs) And this just goes back to what we were saying earlier, being consistent and just being recognizable and identifiable across all platforms. Um, And when you're doing that, you're being more recognizable and trustworthy and consistent. Yeah. I mean, gosh, there's so much there that (laughs) so many brands are not being consistent and it's very confusing. (laughs) All right, Ashley, what is our second one? Assign a dedicated person or team to handle social media, which I think um, proves a lot of value. If somebody owns it, they will be more passionate about it and therefore maybe more consistent. Yeah, you know, like if you're going to be on social media, I'm sorry, you got to have a dedicated person to mm-hmm. monitor it, to, like you said, make sure it's consistent. And, that, and that'll be the only way you really see growth. I exactly. Think. Yeah, because they will take that under their wing and become passionate about it, mm-hmm. which will therefore, you know, grow your social media. All right, get the right processes in place. So what we mean by that is there's no kind of silver bullet. You have to know kind of your strategy, your brand voice, your tone, your imagery. You have to have that documented. So should that person that you put in charge need to leave, go on vacation, something, someone else can come in and know the clear expectations on where your social media is going. Um, You have to have it in place 
for it to be able to succeed. Um, write it down, document it. It's not the most glamorous thing in the world to do it. I know I don't think that's glamorous, but it is important. Yes. So what is our next one? Assign someone to approve the content. Um, this I think can be tricky, especially for like an internal team, but by having more than one person approve what's going out there, especially if you're a bigger company, um, will help keep messaging consistent, um, unbiased. You know, like I originally said that um, someone would become passionate about it and own it, but sometimes too that can have an adverse effect, right? They yeah. think that there's one right way to do it and maybe they're just like so in the zone. I know I love having like two eyes on any document, mm -hmm. making sure I'm not missing anything. Um, so same thing with your social media. Have two people look at the content, make sure that the messaging is consistent, um, that it's on brand and that they both agree that um, it should be shared. Um, and this will also help avoid PR nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Or somebody who maybe has their own agenda going yes. on, you know, which, so. <laughs> which ties into our next step of basically, you know, make, making sure setting your, your tone and voice, make sure that you're like, you guys are just saying your personal bias isn't kind of like bleeding into the mm -hmm. messaging. Um, that, that can definitely be very off putting from a consumer standpoint. Um, so just making sure that it's consistent, um, all the stuff you're, you're talking the same way, you're speaking the same language and you aren't letting personal bias or opinions into all of your messaging. Yeah. And that can definitely be helped by assigning, you know, someone to kind of go through and approve mm -hmm. content that second eyeballs. Yeah. So uh, what is number six? The next is to keep each post brand focused. Um, and I think this is a very like important strategic one, right? You don't want to just post to post. You want to post something purposeful that has meaning that comes back to the brand and, and achieves a goal. Mm -hmm. um, again, to make, that would help, help grow. Definitely, definitely. So number seven is don't always relay on automation. And this kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier, kind of being on social and being present and relevant. Now, I'm not saying don't use automation because we are huge fans of Sprout Social around here and it really does kind of help to lay it all out. So you kind of know you have something scheduled. But what I mean by don't always rely on automation is if a story comes up that you need to quickly react to or if you notice something's not working, change it up, you know, like, oh, those, those posts that I was posting weren't getting any engagement. We need to go back and rework the wheel here. And just because they're scheduled doesn't mean we have to post them. So, um, you know, automation can fail us too. And I think, you know, whereas it's very helpful, we also kind of, it can be like, oh, it's a huge safety net. And um, you need to really keep your eye on that. And the last one is to make a checklist. And I think this is a very all-encompassing um, item here. So before you do go make a, um, a post on social media, go through a little checklist. Is it appropriate for the platform? Does it abide by our brand standards? Does it accomplish a goal? Um, was it approved by another person? By going through that little checklist um, every time you post, you know that um, you are being consistent and um, yeah. Yeah. So consistent, cohesive. We've brought up a lot of whys, a lot of what's, a lot of hows here. We'll be posting this um, links to these articles that we've kind of gleaned this information from 
too. So you can go check that out and make up your own checklist, make up your own social media strategy. Um, bring your team together to talk about how you'll stay consistent on social. So you, you can, you know, relay your message a little bit better and relay your products, services, brand a little bit better to social media. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, it's A-okay. Hey, social can be a bit daunting. And it can be a bit daunting as well as when you're like, but we need to be on here. We need to be on here. We're not exactly sure how it works. Um, it's important to show up on social because that's where people are spending their time. It's important to connect. It's important to test what works for your business and what doesn't work for your business on social media. Um, balls in your court now. We want to know, do you have a social strategy? Yes, no, maybe you need some help. That's exactly why we created this nine-step process. We love to help businesses determine the steps that it takes to get from unclear to clear in all things digital marketing, including social media. So if you're interested, our free webinar goes over all nine steps of the digital marketing program. We keep mentioning the digital marketing program here. It's because we love it so much and truly do, do believe that it works. So this webinar will have bonus content for each step that you can actually go and put into action right away. You don't even have to hire our team to do these little bonus steps. You can go do it, see a difference right away. So we'll link this in the show notes, but it's also at bit.ly, that's bit.ly forward slash 21 handshake nine step. All of the letters are lowercase. So we'll link that again in our show notes. And we hope that you've really enjoyed this episode. So if you have, we know you did, then please like, subscribe, leave a review and share it with a friend. It really does help get the word out about our show. Until next time.